pray, Lord, thank you for your precious word tonight, your precious people. Lord, the one that is the most confused, the one that's hurting pain in their body right now, the one that is most in debt, the one that is most discontent, the one with the most emotional pain, I'm praying for that one right now. And I'm thanking you for your anointing, that your anointing is able to penetrate and soothe that soul. We're not talking about covering it up like aspirin. We're talking about actually lifting and removing the pain and the disappointment. And as far as diseases, we thank you that you're our healer. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are revealing truth to us. And we believe tonight that we shall know truth and the truth will set us free in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. We did the, uh, the message, uh, first part of this message on Sunday morning. And I highly encourage you to get it because I, not because somebody's important and somebody did it, but because it is a key word for today. The devil is dealing today, friends. He's trying to wheel and deal and he's cheating a lot of people out of God's best for their life. We kind of, uh, the title of the message is No Hoof Left Behind, <laughs> part two, and it's kind of a cute little title. We'll pick up on that in a, mi- in a minute. But uh, yeah, just very, very brief recap. What we were talking about, we started talking about the BART strike. And I don't, did the BART strike resolve, by the way? And it's still not resolved, okay. Well, it, it's, it's more than just an inconvenience. It costs a whole lot of money. It's costing $73 million, 73, yeah, $73 million a day is what's calculated, what the losses are. It was, uh, it was uh, in, in terms of revenue, loss of productivity and that. But $200 million as of the day three of the strike and counting. Uh, and, of course, the people were at the negotiating table, the unions and that. But we're not here to talk about BART. What we're here to talk about is negotiations. That's what we were talking about Sunday morning. Whether you like it or not... The devil plays let's make a deal through people, through that car dealer, (laughs) through that sly-talking guy trying to let's make a deal at work, flirting with you, ladies. Come on. Let's make a deal. Let's trade what you have. Trade what you have. I got something better. Let's make a deal. Do you want what you have now? No, that dry, drab husband of yours. Or do you want, or that dry, drab wife of yours. Not that my wife is dry, drab, but you know. Let's trade. Let's. I'll, 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 do you want what's behind the curtain? How about that job you got? How about moving across the country? Yeah, the, the ge- geographic cure. Everything stinks. It's lousy in the beer. Let's move over there. I have news for you. Wherever you go, there you are. I'll, let's say it again. Wherever you go, there you, are. there you are. So if you had problems, if you had problems when you were in the Bay Area, when you go to Arizona, you're going to have the same problems. Now, the, the faces might change to protect the guilty. <laughs> But you're still there. You still have the same problems. And you have to take the same test and pass it. Hello. Anyway, so the thought here is, is that I found the Lord was trying to show me. Anybody ever heard of rich dad, poor dad? <laughs> you know, well, there's good deal, bad deal. And all of us, you know, we're, we're working on deals all the time. You know, and uh, God doesn't want his people ripped off. And there are three things that help you not get ripped off. We talked about that on Sunday. But the, the three things, in brief, as, as an outline, the three things is you have to know who you are. You have to know who you are. And in order to know who you are, you have to know whose you are. Remember that? And whose you are is a total game changer when you deal in life. We talked about being a king and a priest. See, when you're a king, everything's different. And we talked about the royal baby watch. <laughs> right now, uh, uh, Prince William and Lady Kate or Duchess Kate Middleton has is, is got the baby bunt going on. And we already talked about how England is a buzz watching after this baby. Bets are going down on what the baby's name is, the baby's gender, gender the color of the hair. And then we already talked about how uh, toy makers are vying for position, clothing makers. And they're trying to say, oh, if only the baby would use these pajamas. If only they would choose this stroller. It would become the royal stroller. And the, and the value of that would skyrocket. And I guarantee you that when that baby is born, there's going to be a whole lot of attention paid. It will be very, very difficult for you to go shopping 
without seeing pictures splattered all over the Inquirer, the Esquire, the People, the Newsweek, the Time, all of those. When you go shopping or you go on the webpage, all over Yahoo, Hoo-Hoo, Google, all of them, they're all going to be splattered with images of the royal birth and then all of the, the royal dress, the royal buggy, the royal, that's, that's really in the royal pajamas. How about that, Helen? But we thought, we asked this question, what's the big deal about this? Really? What's the big deal about this baby? You know, and the thing that makes this baby different than somebody else's. I mean, when my kids were born, I thought it was real special and all. But I sure didn't have Google and Yahoo and everybody wasn't coming to my house and interviewing me and and telling me what will the name be. And people weren't taking bets on what the name's going to be. How come this baby was so special? In the natural, you understand. And it was so special because of whose the baby was. What we're talking about is the bloodline, a royal bloodline that's not just the baby, even though it's born helpless into the earth, the baby is royalty and it's heir to the throne. That's the difference. Heir to the throne. Whenever you are born into a situation like that, everything changes. Suddenly, you have uh, people that tend to you up and down. If you wear something, everybody wants to wear it. <laughs> if you eat something, everybody wants to eat it. This is the royal recipe for chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Linguista, the royal recipe. Everybody follows you because, well, because when you're an heir to the throne, eventually you're in line to be the king or the queen. Is that right? Yeah. And, and, and what happens when someone actually becomes the king? I mean, one of the most highly celebrated things in, in our modern, people love celebrities, but one of the highly celebrated things is like when there's a royal wedding. Is that right? I mean, it's like the whole world stands still to watch this. Listen, when you were born again, all of heaven stopped. You have to understand something. God created you in the likeness and the image of himself. Is that right? He breathed in you the life. If you read in the book of Psalms, chapter 8, it talks about what is man that thou art mindful of him. Just touching this very briefly. That you have crowned him with glory and honor. Who wears crowns? Oh, I thought it was the people in Disneyland. No, this is really in royalty. Those are the people that wear crowns. And you have given... What do kings do? King... What do they do? Help me. Kings rule. Yes, kings rule. Now, how do kings rule? The way that kings rule is that they decree things. They consider... Is that right? They consider things and then they issue decrees and laws. They have issues of economics. Is that right? They have issues of, of uh, military uh, persuasion. Is that right? You have to decide what to do something militarily. They do things for the education and welfare of their people. Is that right? Things to, to do. Okay. So that's what kings do and queens. Besides, uh, so, so it's not all just that you wore this beautiful gown and you get to ride in a buggy and a horse. Those are fringe. Somebody say fringe benefits. Those are privileges. You know, when you're a king and a queen or a prince or princess, you're able to go places that other people are not. So, so what's the big deal here, Pastor Tom? The big deal is that this person's heir to the throne. Well, did you know that Jesus, of course, was raised from the dead and he raised us up with him and we are joint... Help me, help me. We're joint what? Because we've got we to work with this tonight. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Somebody tried to talk me out of the fact that we're kings. But you know, my Bible still says, it still says that we're kings. In the book of Revelation, it says that in Revelations chapter 1, verse 5 through 6. You could turn there if you like there in the New King James. It says, it's starting with verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness and firstborn from the dead, the ruler over kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood... Has he made us what? He made us kings and priests to God and his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever. You know, when you're a child of a king, what does that mean? What does that make you? Makes you a prince, doesn't it? It means you royal, is that right? But I just want to just hit this in case that dear saint is around and wants to kind of hear this again. But you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A peculiar people, that's First Peter 2, 9. That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you to go in virtue. Now, understanding who you are is so key and so important. Because when you know who you are, when someone of lesser rank or degree comes to you and tries to talk you into something, you, you know that I am not going to listen to that. And I, I explained how in the, his book, The Blessing, Brother Copeland says that Satan... 
He was cast out of heaven when all, and they're called principalities and demons and all that. And boy, they make them so big and powerful in the movies, don't they? Boy, you know those big creatures, they look so muscly and everything. I'm sorry, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches they're going to look on him and say, is that the one, this scrawny little guy? That's the one that deceived the nations? He's the one that talked the nations out of what they had. He talked them out of it. Well, that'll make more sense to you. If you were here Sunday morning, it might have made more sense what we're talking about. But they're dethroned. They have... What? Oh, thank you. They have nothing. They belong nowhere. They really... The only authority they have is the one they stole from men. And all you have to do is know that you're a king. And you know, there are a lot of Christians today that don't realize... I mean, they know they're a king, but not really. They're kind of like Rapunzel... (laughs) You know, they don't really know. You know, while I was meditating on this, I know this is silly, but they said, you don't know who you are. I said, where did I hear that? You don't know who you are. That was the prospector in Toy Story that was talking to Woody, right? You don't know who you are. Why? Why, you're Woody. How many of you saw that? It's a little prospect. Okay. See, a lot of Christians are that way. They, they don't know who they are. They don't know that, that God has given them so many things. And so they'll come to the bargaining table and the devil will talk them out of things. Okay, so let's do the little, the little story I told was the one about the ukulele. When I was a little boy, I had a little authentic um, ukulele, Martin. And uh, my sister, whom I trusted dearly, uh, came to me and flashed a little quarter at me and said, Tommy, and don't anybody call me Tommy. They flashed this quarter at me and says, I'll give you, how would you like to have this? This is very valuable. I said, really? I said, uh, without, almost without hesitation, because I trusted my sister, and I didn't know the value of what I had. I said, sure. So I traded, I had this quarter. I have no idea where that quarter went. But I will tell you this. I checked the value of that ukulele today. In order for me to replace it is one, at least $1,200. At least. So how did that happen? I traded it because I didn't know, I didn't really know what I had. Can you work with me a little bit? on Today we're going to talk a little bit about of what you had. But you see, people sit down and they don't realize that they're dealing with the devil, but the devil's whispering in their ear and they're trading things right and left. And they're, they're giving up things. And a lot of times they're trading it because they don't really know what they have or they despise what they have. Now, I'm going to ask your patience because I'm skipping all over the place. Is that all right? Well, first I'm going to go over Exodus and just touch that a little bit. And then we're going to jump into what you have. The Exodus story is the, is the negotiation between Pharaoh and Moses. And just in review, in Exodus chapter 10... And verses 8 through 11, I'm in the New International Version. They're going to help you with that up up there. Moses, of course, had come to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. That's God's perfect will, right? Let my people go. And, And then Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh. Go, worship the Lord your God, he said. But tell me who will be going was the stipulation. Of course... Pharaoh's heart was finally softened, and he's going to let him go on at, at some level. So the, the game is on. Everybody say, the game is on. The game is on. And Moses answered, this is the answer. Of, this, is, this is what I want. We will go with our young and our old and our sons and our daughters and with our flocks and herds because we are to celebrate a festival to the Lord. And then Pharaoh responded, so he, this is a counteroffer. If you've ever been in real estate, this is what they call the counteroffer. Pharaoh said, the Lord be with you. If I let you go along with your women and children, clearly you're bent on evil. No, only have the men go and worship. Since that's what you've been asking for. And then Moses and Aaron, they were driven out of his presence. And of course they said, what did they say? Deal or no deal? No, no deal. Because that's not what God said to do. And you know, you should never settle for less. Make do will never do in the kingdom of God. So then in Exodus chapter, uh, chapter 10 and verse 24, we pick it up again where he summons them. And, he, and then he says to them, okay, guys, go worship the Lord. Even your women and your children may go with you. Only you have to leave your stuff. You have to leave your flocks, your herds behind. And so this is the response that Moses gave in Exodus 10, 26. Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not an hoof. I like the way that sounds. I don't know. There's something about the way the Bible sounds. It really kind of primes my point. Not even a, what, not one hoof, man. You know, you got, I can see a little attitude, you know. I didn't, maybe even batitude, hoofitude, you know. Not even one hoof's going to be left behind. Not a jot, not a tittle. We're taking all our stuff. There's a, there's a whole lesson in that, friends, when you're negotiating life 
and, and, and stuff. He says, not a hoof shall be left behind, for we must, therefore must we uh, take to serve the Lord our God, and we know not with what we shall serve the Lord until we come thither. And, and, and in plain English, you could catch it better in the Amplified. Can we read that in the Amplified? Put it up for them. That'll be helpful. Our livestock shall go with us. There shall, also, there shall not a hoof be left behind, for of them must we take to serve the Lord our God, and we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. Friends, you may be willing to put up with less. You may be willing to sacrifice, God forbid, your kids or your wife, God forbid, or, 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 or some, some of your stuff and say, look, that's, that's all right, I'll make do. You may be willing to do that. But God doesn't want you to negoti- negotiate and accept a bad deal like that because you'll get taken You'll get taken into captivity. Yep. Did you catch that? A lot of you read the verbiage when uh, when the Israelites were taken, like into Babylon, you know, and, and that sort of thing. When the Babylonians came and raided Israel and took them, and they they were carried off, or they all got taken. And God doesn't want you taken. But here, on the other hand, He needs if if you don't want the stuff. And all of the gifts that he's giving you, just understand this. Those gifts and that stuff isn't just for you. Sure, you're going to be blessed. But the stuff that you have and are blessed with is so that he could build the kingdom of God. You need to serve God with that. I wonder would it help if, if you had uh, several million in the bank and could give into whatever good uh, 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 charitable donation. I wonder if that would be a good thing, if that would help you. You better believe it would if it would help the, king, the purposes of the kingdom of God. Now, tell me this. Why is it that Hugh Hefner and, and uh, Jack Daniels, like Pastor says, should be the only companies operating unfettered by financial limitations? Why is it that Christians always constantly think, well, if money was no object, but... And we always have to... People always making do because the people of God have been taken time and time again. And it's time for it to stop. And I'll tell you why. Because God's turning the tables and the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Now, just catch this for a second. We'll talk more about stuff. He said... In the book of Psalms, I, I don't know if I drove this point home strong, strong enough, but in the book, page 2 up there, uh, Psalms chapter 5, verse 11 and 12 in the Amplified, there's a reason why it's important that you don't compromise. There's a reason for that. A lot of times when we talk about compromise, we, we're thinking about uh, a person being, you know, not cheating on their taxes or not lying. And that's all good. You know, be, it, it's good to, to, to have integrity like that. But in addition to that, I just want to, I just want to uh, strike your thinking a little bit that you are not to compromise on any of the benefits that God has ordained for you because you're a king. You're a queen. Why are we begging? Like I said, why are we driving around town trying to save three cents, three cents a gallon? Well, they sell it a little more. And if it went up five cents, so you're driving, you're spending two dollars driving around trying to find the cheaper gas. Do you really, like I said, Sunday, do you really think the queen of England, when they're driving her around, do you really think that her uh, chauffeur and, and, and her motorcade, do you really think that they're going all across London to try to find the cheapest price of gas? Hello! They don't do that. You've got better things to do than beg. Kings don't do that because kings are fully funded. And kings don't worry about a little bit of spilled milk. Now, I know this is hard to take. I know that. And, and listen, well, I got home and, and, and my kids, my, my wife was saying, Honey, did the Lord talk to you tonight? She says, that, that kind of sounds like you driving around for the price of gas and all that. I was, I, you know, I'm anointed to preach this, but I'm not anointed to live. I got I to gotta walk this out just like you do. When the price of gas goes up, I got to go to the pump and I got to be in faith and not fear. I'm a king. Hello. When the PG bill comes, and I understand PG bills are going up, you're not supposed to be worried about that. You're supposed to be a good steward, but you're a king and a priest, and you're fully funded. We got to get this fully funded. But look what it says in Psalms chapter five. One of the reasons why we're having, you know, one of the reasons why we're having a hard time paying our bills and being debt free. 
is because we've, we've let the devil negotiate our benefits out. And you have to have some non-negotiable. This is a non-negotiable. All of God's benefits are not. Let me catch this. Psalm chapter 5. Let all those who take refuge and put their refuge and put their trust in you rejoice. Let them ever sing and shout for joy because you make a covering over them and defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you and be in high spirit. So we're not talking about idolatry here. We're talking about people that really love God. Is that right? We're not chasing dollars. Is that right? For you, Lord, will bless the uncompromisingly righteous, him who is upright and in right standing with you, as with a shield you will surround him with goodwill, pleasure, and favor. Now, if God is handing you that vintage ukulele, and you're dumb enough like I was, uninformed, misinformed, To give it away in a garage sale for a quarter, that's your problem. He's trying to, he's already, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. My Bible says, no good thing will he withhold from those that walk uprightly. But you have to be uncompromising when you go to that table, when the doctor's report comes in. Hello. And it has a bad report. You have to be uncompromising and say, no deal. I'm not taking that. Well, the the, the bad news is you're going to, God help me to say this right. The the bad news is that you're going to lose the sight in this eye, but you'll barely be able to see it. That's not good enough. The anointing of God restores your sight. Well, you'll be able to sort of talk, but you won't be able to really be cognitive. That's not good enough. God has given you a spirit of power, love, and of a sound, calm, well-balanced, and disciplined mind. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, let's come to the table. Let's negotiate this out. Well, I'll tell you what, okay, 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 okay. We won't repossess your house. But what we're going to do is just keep you barely there to where you're counting your nickels and dimes so that when you go shopping, you have to count everything in the cart and say like, do we have enough money? And you get to the thing and you're so embarrassed. You go, oh my goodness, can I have a subtotal please? You go, ooh, take that out, take that out. And then, oh, take this out. And you know how embarrassing it is. Is that really how we should be shopping? Does that sound like the abundance? Let me tell you something. Jesus said, I came to give you what? Life. And have it more abundantly. Amen. To the full, help me, till it overflows. We're talking about overflow, but you will net. We will never live in the overflow if we're compromising, if we're giving up things. Oh, listen, we could have given up our house. I mean, we had the option. We had a couple of properties, but we chose. We said, you know what? We're going to sell the cheaper one and we're just going to we're going to put our feet on this one. This is the one God gave us. And we're not taking our feet off of this one. We're not taking our faith off of this one. And did you toss and turn a little bit? Yeah, but it's called the fight of faith. Was it easy? No, it wasn't easy. Was there a grace? Yes, that's part of my covenant. That's part of who I am. I'm a king. Do kings go to war? Yes. Did I have to fight? Yes. You better know it. Oh, we're going to, oh Lord. But we fought and did we win? Yes. Thanks be unto God who always gives us the victory. Now, pastor's preaching on faith on Wednesday nights, but we're all over the map tonight. The fact of the matter is that that supply, kings, your supply of your fully funding, both your healing, your funding, everything, it's already given to you in the spirit. But you have to receive it by faith. Now, if you go to the book of James, it says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not. Is that right? But it also says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Because if he does, let not that man think that he's going to receive anything of the Lord. Why? Because that man is unstable in all his ways. So I know they were talking about wisdom, and we sure could use that. Somebody said amen. Amen. But anything you need, think about this. Anything you need, you're a king. Anything you need, all you have to do is say the word. Just say the word. See, as a king, part of what you do is you rule. And part of what you do is when you rule is you decree a thing and it's established. That's what kings do. 
And so when you need something, you declare it. I've got to tell you, every time my wife and I have said, we're going to do this, this is, we need this, and we didn't see how it was going to be done. I didn't know how we were going to be able to stay in our house. But God gave this to us, and we're a king and a priest, and we've been faithful, and we're uncompromising. In every area of life, we do our absolute best to be uncompromising. What was the result? We had, we received, first we were turned down for a modification. You know the story, don't you? Received, we were turned down and then turned down again. But all of a sudden I get a phone call. Chase is nervous. They call me. They say, we want to offer you something. Is this a joke? $100,000 debt forgiveness. We want to get your fixed rate like... Really? Is this a, he goes, you'll see something in the mail. The very next day, there was a, there was a thing. I says, is this a joke? I called a lawyer. I said, here, I'm going to fax this to you. Is this for real? I called the Chase home people and said, you better be careful. That looks like a scam. But you know what? It was real. A few months later, our house, we've got $100,000 less. We've got a fixed rate. And like, thank God. And we're paying $200 less a month. But that wasn't good enough. I knew that wasn't good enough. I knew that there was more. So I said, Lord, is there more? There's more. Shall I pursue? Pursue. And we're a king. So this, that time I didn't have a lawyer. This time I went with a lawyer and I said, Lord, let's go after this. Shall I go after this? Yeah, because this is God's house. It would have been... It would have been a lot easier for me to just let that one go and move into the cheap house and live like this but have lots more money. But God didn't want me to live like this and have that kind of money and be miserable. And sure, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy in the house. Somebody said amen. Amen. We got the unheard of. This is unheard of. We got a modification of a modification. I I don't think you understand the significance of such a move. That is called favor. Another $50,000 forgiven. That's what you call favor. That doesn't happen. I, had, I, I, they, they, I, I talked to the lawyer and said, do you think I should take this? He goes, this, this doesn't happen. I don't know how you did this, but this doesn't. Take it, take, take it, take it. I said, and when I was satisfied, I said, okay, I think I'll take it. God is so good. I said, God is so good. Amen. you got to fight some battles, friends. I give, we give him all the glory. Is that right? Amen. He'll try to attack you in three areas. Who you are and whose you are. Who you are makes a world of difference in how you approach life. If you think that you are to be a beggar in life, then you will never know to put a demand and know that you even qualify like Just like that little baby has to be taught what that baby has. And that's where we're going today. What do you have as a king and a priest? Well, if you don't understand the value of what you have, you'll never be able to... Um, can I have your cell phone, hon? All right. You'll never be able to negotiate life successfully. Okay, I have... A dual purpose for this, and I think Pastor Mark's really going to love me for this. Everybody, what is this? This is a cell phone. Is that right? Now, I have here a manual, and we're only going to take about, ooh, we're going to try to go fast in this. This is my cell phone manual. My, my wife's cell phone. My cell phone can do what my cell phone manual says it can do. My cell phone is what my manual says my, sa- my cell phone is. Right? This, so what was he? This, this is such and such a model cell phone, according to this manual. I, the cell phone has the features that this manual says it has. And this manual can do whatever this manual s- says it can do. Now, you and I know that telephones are totally out of control. I think that we're using tele... Well, here's, here's my little commercial pastor who's going to let me... I love you, pastor. One of the features on the phones is that you could turn off the ringer. I just thought I'd throw that in there. And if you don't know how to do that, you have to read the, read the manual or you need to call somebody at your friendly neighborhood 
cell phone place and show them, have them show you how to turn the phone off or silence it. Now, I remember in my days, first of all, there was no such thing as a phone without a wire. And all you did is it would ring real loud. Actually, you could dampen it. There was a little dial in there. And it was, how many of you remember the dial types? We're talking vintage here, baby. Vintage. Go way back, vintage. And you had to dial everything. Boy, how far have we come? This thing has no wire. I feel like we're in Star Trek. You no longer have to really dial this. This has auto dial, right? Uh, you could speed dial. You could speak to it. And it'll dial for you, program it, right? It's all in the manual. It's all in the manual, right? Uh, how about this? Uh, you could take pictures. Really? Try that with an old phone. I should have brought an old phone. Try that with an old phone. You could, ta- you could, you could um, take a picture and then you could record something. Hi, honey. Do you like this color? And then you could send it to somebody in midair. Amen. And they'll get it. And if, it's, if that's not bad enough, you could take a moving picture in HD quality. A moving 3D picture. And you could send it mysteriously through the air. And someone else can see this. And this is really crazy. You can upload it to something up in some cloud or something, something real mystical. And then the entire world can see it and be infected with something viral. And then the entire world can like it or not like it or something and come in. This is incredible. Like, where are you going with this? I mean, they still haven't. Can it make toast? Is it is it in here? Can it make enchiladas, honey? I'm not sure yet. You could change the, the ringer. You could download ringers. You could play music. You could dance with it. That's amazing. You could watch a full-length movie on it. Okay, I think I've gotten... Far. But if, if we're all... If, it, could be, it could be your alarm clock. It could be your, your radio. It could, you could watch the ball game. Really, these phones are out of control. How many will agree that phones are out of control? Yeah. I'm talking out of control. Huh? Well, okay, okay. She said, wait till I get... How many have an iPhone? Lift it and praise the Lord. Okay, well, well here's a thought. Your phone has all the features that the manual says it has. Right? She's got her manual. <laughs> and your cell phone can do all the things that your, the manual says it could do. Is that right? Yes. But the one key feature about this little lesson is that most of us are not using all the features. Like, I was real stupid. Stubborn, Pastor Nancy. I was still dialing all the phone numbers. I still have phone lists that I would give me your current phone number, and I'm putting them in manually and everything. And then one day I got real brave and I read the manual a little bit and I said, Oh, I could save this in a contact. What's a contact list? Is that some kind of glasses? <laughs> save it in a contact list. And all of a sudden I never have to dial it again. I mean, it just dials itself. In fact, these phones are so crazy that if you bend over and you're picking something up, you know, brrr, brrr, hello, hello, like, oh, my God, who is... Uh, I'm really sorry, Pastor Mark. I didn't mean to call you. It was an accident. How many, how many know your phones can call and get you in trouble? <laughs> I want you to take your Bible or your iPad or your iPhone, and I want you to lift it up. This is my iPhone, or this is my Bible. I am who my Bible says that I am. I can do what my Bible says I can do. Is that right? Can you see the correlation here? All right, all right, kings, put her down. As a king and a priest, you must become familiar with the manual. There are so many features. You, can I just tell you, God just went all out and we are just so feature-laden. It is absolutely phenomenal. We're not some prototype. We're the finished product. When God got us to be born again, this is amazing. There's not going to be another iChristian 5 or an iChristian 7. This is it. 
Well, you got born again. That's it. This is an everlasting covenant. You don't need an upgrade. It's not going to lose value. The battery's not going to run out. Hello. And it's got a lifetime warranty, eternal warranty. Come on, somebody. It's wireless. It will awaken you and lead you in every place that you should go. I don't know about you guys. You got, I am telling you, morning by morning, I, I see his goodness. What do you have? I want to tell you something. We, we need to be really careful when you're in church. You really need to listen. Let the Holy Spirit... Oh, thank you. Should I share that with them? I think I will. Listen, there are... Speaking about the manual here, there, we, we have information overload. Is that right? There are so many really good things you could see. So many services, so many seminars, but even at church, there's so many meetings that you can go to and you can, you could learn more about all these features that God has built in, into your hardware, into your DNA (laughs) and how you can operate and do these things. Hallelujah. But how many of you found that time is scarce? And, you know, if the enemy can't get you to not look in this, then he'll, what he's going to do to you is he's going to overload you with so much you don't even know where to look. There's so many church services like, there's no way, man. Like, how many services a week do they have at Heart of the Bay and prayer meetings? There's a, a marriage seminar. What are they talking? They got prayer meeting, Sunday morning, Sunday night, the marriage seminar, this and that. So, and Financial Peace University. And then there's the next thing. And then the singles are doing that. He says, look, I don't have time for all that. I'm just going to go to church on Sunday mornings on, during holidays. If I feel like it. (laughs) Friends, we need to be sensitive enough to know that the Lord will quicken to us which are the ones that we need to get to. I got to tell you, there are, like I've gone on to Brother Keith Moore's uh, website, and uh, there are, there must be thousands of messages on there. I mean, going way, way back. And by the way, just because something was old doesn't mean it's not pertinent. Try the Bible. That's kind of old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And listen, I have, I have, I literally, my wife is my witness. I said, we, we have a situation here. I need an answer to this. God talk to me. And I would pray in the Holy Ghost. That's one of your features. You're feature laden. <laughs> you're wireless and you're, you're more than 4G, baby. You pray in the Holy Ghost and he leads you into truth. Amen. And not only that, you have like win zip. You're a winner and he'll unzip the winning on the inside of you. You know, you know that the manual is encrypted. There's a lot of people that look into the book and they can't see anything in the Bible. Why is that? It's encrypted. You've got to be able to unzip it. You need win zip. Hallelujah. You've got to have the winner zipping program on the inside of you. That's the Holy Ghost. And I kid you not, he led me within 20 minutes into me looking. He said, do this, listen to this, listen to this. And, I, and, and it led me right to the piece of information that we needed desperately an answer to. Desperately. And it was revelation knowledge. What did it do for our household? It absolutely cut in and brought peace. Had we not had that, you know, strife and division and and hurt feelings and misunderstanding, who needs that? You know, nobody needs that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Nobody needs that. And the devil knows that. He says, where strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. Like one minister said, strife is the manifest presence of the devil. Do you really want that in your house? No. No. And so he'll lead you in precisely what you need to know in the manual. So let me just share with you someone that despised. They, they, and and we, could, we could stand up here till we're blue in the face and we could tell you, come to church, come to church. But until you pray and seek God and let Him tap you on the shoulder. I know we're all busy. Everybody's busy. Hello. But I, I got to tell you, you have, if anyone will tell you, any motivational speaker, any really first class coach to athletes will tell you, if you want to go up in life, You have to do something different. 
And if your schedule is full, you have... Sorry. We're spraying the second row. That's pretty bad. <laughs> sorry, Eddie. By the way, the Sunday morning second service, that's the one where you get sprayed. That's the uh, Marine World Africa USA version. The first version is a, a little more calm for those of you that are more ecumenical. But anyway... Where was I, dear Lord? Help me out. See, that's... Sorry about spraying, brother. That was really bad. Where was I? Say it again. All right. If you want to change, you have to do something different. Listen, you don't get a coach... If you're a boxer, if you're a singer, if you're, if you're a painter, you don't go to take lessons somewhere and then go in and they start saying, okay, now you need to lift your elbow more like this or keep your arm up. You know, when you, when you jab, you say, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do exactly. Then why did you even bother? I had, a, I had a voice teacher throw me out of his class. And you, you, you Kimberly, always would be the one right before me or right after me, Mr. Camp at, at San Francisco State University. He says, he would throw me out of the studio and say, when you're ready to do it my way, then come back. But get out. And he'd throw me out like, what did I do? It was my fault. I was just really, you know. And then, oh, come in, Miss Canterbury. He liked her a lot. And I don't know if he liked me that much. Mr. Camp liked me a little bit. But anyway, the thing is, you have to change something. And can I tell you, change isn't change until you change. And so when you're busy, you have to make sacrifices and to cut something off. I remember that uh, the Lord tapped me on the shoulder, Financial Peace University. The Lord said, I, want, uh, I just saw the advertisement on Financial Peace University, uh, it must have been two years ago. It just got me. Like they've been going on here like four or five cycles of Financial Peace. And all of a sudden, God just touched me and said, Financial Peace University just dropped it in my heart. And 30 or 40 minutes before the class, I'm up in my office and it just dropped in my heart. Financial Peace University. I'm like, really? Wow. So I, I ran downstairs and said, is it too late, Ingrid, for me to sign up for Financial Peace University? He goes, uh, no, you won't have the books, but can I, can I sign up? Where do I sign? Where do I just come on? So I called up my wife and says, honey, I don't know if you're in on this, but I just feel like I should go to Financial Peace University. So she said, are you serious? And you know, I had to, I had to move everything out of my schedule. And back then it was 13 weeks, <gasps> 13 weeks out of my schedule every Tuesday night. That's a lot to ask. That was a big sacrifice. That was huge. That was a huge sacrifice, but I made the sacrifice, and that was only for a season of time. As a result, you're looking at a person that has more information about how to prosper and operate in God's laws because we went and are graduates, happy graduates of Financial Peace University. And by the way, they had their first session last night, and if you're an alumni, you could come in and see it again. So I went in last night and saw it again, and if you haven't seen Financial Peace and you're having financial problems... Please consider it. It's not too late for you to sign up. Call the office about that. Little self, a, a little uh, ad for you. But we're about to close here. There was a, there was a gentleman in the Bible that um, he despised what he had. We're almost closing. We're talking about what do you have. He didn't realize what he had and he traded it. A lot of us do that in life. Don't, don't, don't look so sanctimonious. Genesis 27. Let's put it up there. Genesis 27, verses 37 through 38. We're in the New King's Version. Then Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him master over all. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's go back. Genesis 25. Sorry. Genesis 25. I have to turn back a little bit. Verse 31 through 34. New King James Version. Are you there, everybody? Say amen. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and he sold his ukulele, I mean his birthright, <laughs> to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. And he ate and drank and arose and went his way. Thus Esau did what? He despised his birthright. And then, and then it says in the Amplified Version, in the verse 34, it says, Thus Esau scorned his birthright as beneath his notice. Now let me tell you something. I'm not here to scare anybody. But sometimes it's good to heed a warning from the Spirit of God because we're not... The devil plays for keeps. There's, God will forgive you. He'll forgive you. Some people won't. 
We need to walk in forgiveness. Forgiveness is a gift. We all hurt each other from time to time. We don't mean to, but it happens. And as we walk in forgiveness, it's really good to forgive each other because you could bounce back and make it better than it was before. But there are some things in life the devil plays for keeps, and he's dangerous. And I want you to notice what, what happened when, when um, Esau... Later in life, you know, a few years down the line, now Pops is about to die, and then Esau realizes what he's done. What, let me tell you something. What is the birthright? The birthright is, was for the firstborn son, and, or the firstborn child, and what that entitled you to was double portion. So if I was the second born and I get one million and you were the first born, you get two million. Or in those days, they were filthy rich. So if, if I get, you know, uh, if I was the first born and I get 200 million, he gets 400 million. Okay. But see, he traded that over. He didn't, he despised it and he traded it for a pot of lentils and a piece of bread. Hello. Was that a good, good deal or bad deal? Bad deal. But he didn't realize it until later in life. I got somebody's attention. He didn't realize it until later in life. And then he, he went back to his dad. And, and then uh, verse 37 now of Genesis 27. And in the New King James. It says, Then Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him your master. Speaking of his younger brother. And all his brethren I have given to him as servants. With grain and wine I have sustained him. And what shall I do for you now, my son? And Esau said to him, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me. Bless me also, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice. And what did he do? And he wept. Now, I want you to move over to Hebrews chapter 12 because I want you to see something just for those of you that are still aren't convinced that we should get really get into the word and find out what you have in Christ Jesus and guard it and not settle for less. Are you there yet? Hebrews chapter 12. And we're closing really soon here. Exercise verse 15, Hebrews 12, amplified. Exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another to see that no one falls back from and fails to secure God's grace, his unmerited favor, and spiritual blessing. And in order that no root of resentment, rancor, bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment, and many become contaminated and defiled by it. Verse 16. That no one may become guilty of sexual vice or become profane. Now catch this. Godless and sacrilegious person as Esau did who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you understand that later on, when he wanted to regain title to his inheritance of the blessing, what happened? He was rejected, disqualified, and set aside, for he could find no opportunity to repair by repentance what he had done. No chance to recall the choice he had made, although he sought for it carefully with bitter tears. That scares me. I don't know about you. It scares me sober. That warns me. That tells me God loves you. And it's, you know, he will create latitude. But there are some things in life. And I realize that was the Old Testament. I realized that was the Old Testament. But my experience as a pastor over 30 years is telling me that there are some decisions that are so stupid that if you, if you take that offer from the devil, you are giving away something so important that it'll be difficult, if not impossible, to get this back. Hello. There are some things you should never ever deal they're non-negotiables whoa <laughs> there are some <laughs> non-negotiables in life hello say somebody say no deal. no deal no deal hallelujah so how do you bring this to a to a close you got to know what you have typically I, I am persuaded that people that give up things they don't really understand what it is that they have really you know, really, I, I really think that, that they don't understand. If, if you despise what, it's, what it means to be, a, to be born again, 
And if you despise what's coming across the pulpit, you despise prayer, you're a king or priest. I guess we're going to have to go into another session of what, what do you do. But if you despise the Holy Ghost, you despise and don't have any reverence for praying or declaring or saying or decreeing things. If you don't exercise authority, then I really, I really don't know what to say except wake up. Hello, somebody wake up. You've got to value what you have. Do not be like Esau. Value the people in your life that God has given you. Value the church God gave you. Value the ministry gifts He gave you. I value the ministry gifts that He gave me. And I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about my own, my pastors, Pastor Mark and Brenda Thomas. Hello. I honor them. I honor the gifts, Pastor Nancy DeMello. I honor the gift in my wife. Hello. I honor the gifts in my friends. I hear, I can hear Jesus speaking through them when they come up to me and they talk to me because we are kings and we're priests. And we're anointed. Somebody say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. You know what? In closing, I'm going to turn to a, a real familiar verse of Scripture and we'll close. Is that all right? Everybody stand up. This is our last Scripture. Very familiar. We're going to go to Joshua 1.8. Are you there? Let's put that up in the Amplified. Are you ready to read this? Joshua 1.8. Say it real loud and strong now. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good Success. And I thought it was a real play on words there that you'll be able to deal. <laughs> you know, if somebody's trying to talk you out of something, you'll be uncompromised. You know whether it's deal or no deal. Are you going to make any bad deals? No. We're going to make good deals. Is that right? Can I pray for you? Is that all right? Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you, Lord, for the revelation knowledge of who they are in Christ and what you have given them. Praise God. They're new creatures created in Christ Jesus. They have been given authority. They've been given positions, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. They have an inheritance. They have a spiritual position, but not only that, they're fully funded in the Spirit. And everything that they need, from the moment that they were born again, all the way till they cross over into glory, there is an abundant supply there. Spiritually, emotionally, financially, everything. It's there. It's there. But Lord, I thank you that you're helping us to not settle for less than God's best. I pray that they will not compromise. When, you, when life comes up and life happens to all of us and situations come and they're tempted, Lord, to settle for less, may they say no and may they say, I'm not, no deal with the devil. I'm going with God all the way, regardless what it looks like. I praise you and I thank you. And I say, Lord, in unison with your word, thanks be unto God who always causes them to triumph in Christ Jesus. Is that all right tonight?